We're here. We're having uh, difficulties, Captain. I found I'm trapped it. in a nebula. <laughs> I'm trapped in a nebula. You're trapped in the nebula. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 21st century. Very obviously, this is the Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, apparently sometimes stuck in a nebula podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I'm your chamomile tea, no sugar, please, drinking Captain Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have. I'm Clyde Haynes. Mariah, I think it's time that you start calling me number one. <gasps> number one, oh. Clyde Haynes. Uh, and I'm, uh, you're not a nebula, Paul Sitachit. Paul, our science <laughs> officer, Paul. <laughs> that, that, was, that was it. That was it. Not a nebula. <laughs> not a nebula, Paul. Yes. Tonight, we are reviewing and discussing the third episode of this final season of Star Trek Picard, entitled 17 Seconds, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Jane Maggs and Cindy Appel. Uh, but just a few reminders first. Paul, what do you have to tell the audience here? Well, I'm assigned to remind uh, our listeners to subscribe to uh, our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, all links at StarTrekPod.co. And if you're loving all this content and you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon for just $2 per episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Do it. Clyde, how can people engage with us in the chat tonight if they're watching us live? If you're watching us live and you want to participate, you want to let us know what your comment is, what your thoughts are, you've got questions, you want to correct us, then it's very, very simple. You just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we'll take a look. Now, if when that time comes, you want to let us know what your overall thoughts about the show is, you know what it was or what it will be when it comes, you just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, and we will take a look at your thoughts. Indeed. Um, tonight, before we jump into Picard, I did want to talk about our namesake show has announced that the fifth season of Star Trek Discovery will be Don't say the last it. season of Don't. Star Trek Discovery. And I am really sad. So I just wanted to, um, you know, pour, pour one out for Disco, get y'all's thoughts. What are, how are you feeling? Thoughts, feelings, reflections. We'll talk about it more as the fifth season approaches, which apparently we're not getting till 2024, uh, which wow. also makes me sad that we're going to go a full year without any disco in our lives. But um, yeah, I'm really sad, guys. And that, no, that, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Disco is still my favorite franchise. I know we got a, a lot of people who are jumping on that strange new world because, you know, handsome Mount is just so handsome. Um, and I like it. I really do. I like strange new worlds quite a bit, but disco special. And I feel like it, it started all of this. Um, I'm not ready for it to go. Five seems too soon. Like I was really hoping for eight. I need six seasons in a movie, some uh, some community vibes here. <laughs> I mean, I I wonder though, like when you have a talent like Sonia Martin Green, is it hard to keep her on a, a show Martin. like that? I mean, potentially, but the other thing is, like, it's a pretty seasonal show. I feel like it's not like she couldn't go. She did like a bunch of movies in the last couple of years too, you know, there's those opportunities out there. Anthony Rapp did, you know, a, a whole Broadway production. So it's like, there's room. Um, 
But yeah, I'm sad. I would love if we got a movie. I'm glad that they potentially get to, um, you know, seemingly it's on their own terms of where this is ending for them or they're going to get to write the ending they want for these characters, which I always appreciate more than like finding out halfway through a season that they're not going to renew it for the next year. Um, But yeah. Yeah, no, I like I I wonder how long any of the new Trek can last. Mm. You know, like I, I think once upon a time, like you like know, what it was, shows really get those runs anymore? Yeah, like five seems like a lot. To me. You know, for for for, uh, for what you call it for uh, a streaming show. I mean, how many seasons did Game of Thrones get? Eight. I mean, yeah, I mean eight. Uh, Breaking Bad, like I mean, I feel like four, right? In Breaking Bad, five. I think there's five for Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't know. But like, then you've got shows like what Grey's Anatomy that's still going. Yeah, but that's a serialized network television show. You know what I mean? They're using those same sets over and over and over again. That that's like a different beast, I think. Would you take a serialized Trek show if it meant that you could have it for 20 seasons? A la or more, a la. I mean, that's what I need. I need a Doctor Who Trek. I just don't think, but even like, isn't all new Doctor Who even now only like 10 episodes a season? Something like that. I think I mean, it's, it's all really. I mean, yeah. it, it's, the, it's the new, uh, it's the new reality. Like, yeah. you know, like I, I, like, to be honest, like I go, I'm surprised, like we have all the content that we do as far as Star Trek. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it's crazy to me. Like as a, as a Star Trek fan, like I thought, like you know, the UPN was going to be the the high point of it, right? Where you had, uh, I think there was one overlap where it was like uh, Next Generation, uh, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager all <laughs> three shows. That mm-hmm. was, and, and, but each of those each of those shows were like twenty two episodes plus, right? So, but like everyone's so what you call it nowadays. Uh, you know. Well, I think it's also, I mean, on the business side, the business side has changed a lot because of streamers and because of the Mm -hmm. way pay happens and Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So I think it's, you know, um, to your point, Paul, it's like, it's incredible that we've gotten five seasons of any of any show, really. But it is sad that it's like, you know, I'm sure every writer in Los Angeles would love if every show got a 22 episode order. But right now, I think that's only Abbott Elementary. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so I was gonna say one, which I love. <laughs> so. I, I I gotta be honest. So I got two quick comments. One, if it went on for eight or nine seasons, I think there's a real question. Podcast aside, I think there's a real question whether or not I I, I as a viewer would hang in there because I know people like people love the Flash. Flashes up to eight seasons, but I talk to people all the time who are like, yeah, I fell off after four, or I fell off after Six. after five. See, uh, and so so I think there's a just an attention span thing where it's hard to to keep up. But what happens is, you know, here we are, and you're going, okay, the fifth season is going to be the last. I think we saw this with with the other pod I was on. This is us. Is all of a sudden everybody comes back because now I got to you know one I got to catch up, and I got I want to be there for the final season. You almost get an influx. It's almost like a premiere all over again. And and as you guys talk about that, I just want to say, JC. You've mentioned the AT word in the chat. Please don't do that again. Hey. Please don't do that again. Ash Tyler's coming back for the ah, 1741 show. No, so, no. With no. Oscar winning Michelle Yeoh. 
Yes. <laughs> Michelle, yes. Ash Tyler, no. Just saying. Um, well, yes. We will talk more. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Who, who, oh. Who's Ash Tyler? Ah, I see you approach ah, Ash ah, Tyler like I do that one Indiana Jones thing that happens. <laughs> um, seemingly. Um, but yes, we will continue to reflect on um, this last chapter of Discovery as we get closer and um, you know, we'll see what it what it will look like. But I do think with Picard coming to a close this season, Discovery getting one more, this now only currently leaves us with one live action truck show on air right now. Correct? Right? I'm not wrong. That means yeah, we have right. Prodigy, yeah. Lower Decks, and Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Um, although the animation stuff's been killing it, but I, I will be ready for an announcement of what our um, Seven of Nine, Rafi and Worf spinoff show is, or you know, um, Paramount Plus, CBS um, streaming, whatever y'all will be called um, when you merge with Showtime. Uh, that's happening soon. Uh, just give Paul and I a call. We are ready to, uh, I think this whole room is ready to write the Klingon um, Game, of uh, Thrones. Game of Thrones show for you. Right. We we, sh- we shall have that pilot ready for you by next week. I, um. I'm actually, I'm, I'm literally working on a peanut hamper spinoff. Oh, I have a peanut hamper theory by the end of this show. <laughs> later. We'll get this to my is... peanut hamper theory later. You know, we first started this pod way back when. Discovery season one, Mm -hmm. there was an ongoing gag where we would wait every episode for two things. One, Grant to confuse Vulcan with Romulan or Klingon or mess that up somehow. Mm -hmm. Happened every Mm -hmm. episode. And the other thing was a random tie-in to the series Lost every episode. Now it feels like the running gag is... At what point can we surprise Clyde with a random peanut hamper comment to just yeah. throw him off from the rest of the episode? You're welcome. It's coming later. That's Be right. prepared. Man. <laughs> um, but I do think it might be time for us to jump in and talk about this episode of Picard. Let's get ready for some whiskey and some de-aging technology here. Get ready for that filter on your next TikTok. And it is time for some... This is a freaky episode. Um, I'm just going to jump in and be like, I thought this was a really great episode. I love Jonathan Frakes directed episodes. I can feel the familiarity with the subject matter. I love the way the action sequences were put together. I also have some hot takes about Picard that I'll pepper in throughout this (laughs) and the character, not just the show. Um, But yeah, I loved all of the Rafi, Raffaella Raffaella, Raffaella and Worf scenes together. I'm so excited that that is happening and is finally getting Rafi out of just talking to a green screen. (laughs) I enjoyed the really tense Picard crusher, seemingly the first of many big conversations for them to have. Um, But I will say my only nit to pick is I am getting a little, I'm ready for us to move forward a little bit quicker because I feel like, again, we are in real time by the end of this episode. (laughs) Um, And we just are like incrementally moving the chess pieces. So that is is my hot break. What about uh, Clyde, Paul, thoughts? Paul, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, 
anyone ever been to Vegas and like you know gone to a buffet and you just basically get all the things you want and then you go like yeah I don't know if that was good individually they're the things you wanted but like then all of a sudden you put it all together and you're like uh, maybe I didn't put together all that well or whatever. So um, like, so, so I think you're buffeting wrong, Paul. You're, I think uh, you're doing the buffet wrong. So individually, like, like I liked, I liked all the pieces. I just didn't feel like it worked well for me. Like you know, like mm. uh, where I'm going, like it felt scattered to me. Like it started mm. off with the you know that weird de aging in the beginning, which I which works if you're watching it on like a laptop. But like I was watching it last night, like on big screen, I go like, oh, are they Romulans? <laughs> it, it was yeah it's like anyway I, I was like we'll talk about it in a minute but i'll let you continue your yeah. hot break <laughs> and, and so like you know and like like i want to see all those bits i want to see the picard uh what's called the, the picard crusher moment i wanted to see like i want to see seven in action you know i want to see ralphie and and wharf together uh and the reveal of the changeling so cool you know like all, all that stuff you know was great but all together i was just going like i don't know where i am I'm kind of like floating in jello a little bit and the, the thing that i had a hard time with is watching two old men like argue about how to captain the ship <laughs> and and then all of a sudden like you know it all just they're like they're both wrong kind of thing and, and i'm like oh no like i i've had like i i play board games and so like I used to have this board game group that had like uh, uh, these seven-year-olds, and eventually it start, you know, it fall to a yelling match because they're both yelling at each other because of rules or something like that. And I, <laughs> and I just felt like this is what's happening, but I just imagine myself on the bridge and this is happening, and they go like, "Will, you're too, you know, like you're too scared of losing stuff," and like I'm, the the best part was just like er cutting to everyone's reaction, like you know, like. Uh, it's, it's when you're like, this is when we need seven on the bridge. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're like, uh, um, this is awkward. Is that? It's literally the Star Trek version of that meme, right? Where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Clyde, what did you think? Uh, I'm gonna take a different stance. I loved it, um, but I also know, much like you, Mariah, I can almost recognize a Frakes directed episode before I'm told. There's just something about Frakes being behind the camera that it feels that I, I cozy, relate to. It's homey. It's like, this is Star Trek, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's insider, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that's not to say anything about anybody else, but it's just different. Um, and so it's one of those things where I didn't know in the end of the episode, I see his name pops up, pop up and I go, yeah, that, that, that checks out. Um, but I was here for a lot of it. Um, I loved the, uh, kind of the conversation between uh, Crusher and Picard. I really thought I was like, oh man, I think this is going to go on too long. But I found myself in like engaged because of, of what was happening. I mean, he, he was right. And then on the other side, the whole Riker and Picard conflict, I, you know, I watched it a couple of times and realized that it was really, this was different to see these two, men these two leaders rather who are almost always right right and tng they were never really wrong they might be kind of right but they were never really wrong and now here they are wrong and having an argument that they would normally never have in that venue 
it was it was an interesting kind of depart uh departure from from what we're used to one of my favorite moments was what ensign laforge i think it's ensign ensign mm-hmm. laforge saying commander seven like that got me like i was mm-hmm. just like yeah and I've got to admit, like, all in all, I did not see the changeling thing coming. Completely caught me by surprise. Um, you know, if I had a nit to pick, the Deanna Troy call seemed just off, awkward. Like, it just didn't hit. And I yeah. couldn't quite put my finger on why. I think for me, the biggest thing was the the de-aging made everything. And it was like hard for me to figure. I was already like, why are we back in Guinan's LA bar that we sure. had from last season that didn't exist and the different century? But anyway, we're using sets. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. So the placemaking was strange for me. And then the de-aging, I really wish they had just done a little bit more with some practical makeup and then maybe just used a little bit of a, of a beauty filter. Sure. You know what I mean? I was like, I have seen better technology on TikTok, y'all, <laughs> like, <laughs> as far as like de-aging makeup stuff. Um, and I felt like Riker looked a little bit more believable in his close-ups. It was just like too smooth on Picard. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to say something that hopefully won't get me in trouble, but but it will probably here. Here's the thing that why the de-aging felt off to me, but I really couldn't. It did. It, it, it didn't even bother me is because it felt so unbelievable because Picard's cadence is that of an older man. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't like there when he was younger, he spoke a certain way. Like right. you know, we went back and we watched a lot of uh, a lot of uh, TNG. It's now like coming it, more from the diaphragm in earlier and, and Picard. It, yes, and it feels a bit of a struggle. Like he's he's trying to get th- these words out that you can de-age him all you want to. The the cadence, I was like, well, okay. It just this that scene didn't really work for me. Like I, I I was able to pull in what they were doing, and there was this conversation about loss and and being a parent, and Riker sharing this, and it's a flashback. Like I got the intent of the scene. So because I love Trek, I just went with it. But if you're asking me if I thought the scene worked, no. Yeah, I mean, I I saw what they're trying to do with this, like, you know, the story of the of Thaddeus, and then like. Um, paralleling it to Picard having his moment in the turbo lift um, for his 17 seconds. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I appreciated getting to know that essentially Jack is the same age that Thaddeus would be um, today if he was still alive. And so I think that makes Riker's emotional connection to this episode a little bit more poignant to me. I miss that. I miss that. Um, so like I feel like they really were setting this up as like a heavy emotional episode from the top. Um and I wanted to dig it. I think t- to me the the most interesting thing to talk about tonight would be Beverly and Picard hashing it out and essentially 
was Bever I, I don't know if there's a way to designate if there is a true right or wrong in the situation, but it, there's definitely a lot to talk about in how Beverly approached the entirety of of having Picard's secret child. And this I wanted so to get gonna end up in a team, team Jean-Luc, team Beverly conversation. Hashtag. Because um, my, I'll give you my big, my big takeaway at the top is I think this entire episode proved Beverly right. I, I'm, I'm so, you can't uh, just drop that and, and walk <laughs> away from it. That, that, that's a hot Mariah. It's a hot Mariah, <laughs> a hot Mariah take. I would drop um, the mic, but it's expensive, and yeah, I can't afford another one. It's, it's attached to a mic stand, but I, I personally, I'm, I'm in full agreement with uh, Mariah. Like I, like don't misunderstand me. I I love Picard, but like she's like, hey, I I got a kid, and like just that line of like you know like being John Luke Picard's kid paints a target on the back. I mean, I I don't know how he can like argue that, right? <laughs> and and then like you know, and then if that's the case, then like what's what's the rest? The rest is like you know I I'd give that up. No, you won't. You l- 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 don't lie. You know it, it's 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 Picard. This is your thing, Clyde, right? Like Picard is is the hero, and he's you know when the unit when the galaxy calls, mm-hmm. you know. So like I I don't think it was necessarily right for for a Crusher to like not right. tell him, but like she was right to do it. You know, for for, for the, it, it had the best outcome. How about that? So, that's, that's so, so I'll say a couple of things about that. So, so I don't necessarily disagree, but I don't agree either. Okay. In the fact that it's a I, also the only dad on the show, so I feel like you probably have bigger opinions. Than the idea that someone would have my child and not tell me about it until their life was in danger. I would feel robbed. And and I think Picard's argument was, you keep telling me you know what I would do, but you never gave me the chance to actually make that decision, right? And so I, it's hard for me to say I agree that Beverly shouldn't have told him. Right, yeah. Well, the I- other part of that, though, is I feel like we say, well, Beverly was Beverly was proved right. The premise of that is if you believe Vodic is ultimately trying to get Picard. And I don't necessarily think that's the case because she had Picard, right? Like when when they in up in the pilot in the premiere, when he put the transporters up, they mm-hmm. can, like they could have gotten Picard right then and there. They could have taken him, right? But what their their choice was, they they chose jack at that moment she hasn't revealed what she wants from picard i don't know that she wants anything from picard yeah it's it, it is hard to know without knowing vadix um and the changelings like true motivation for all of this to fully say uh, you know what what jack's play is in all of this and what picard's play is in all of this but the reason i said earlier that i thought it, it in a sense proved beverly right is the day Picard learns that it is his son. His son is on board this ship. 
he is going all in on attacking a giant warship on a science vessel with no weaponry. And it's like, minimal, to me, min- that minimal weaponry. Minimal weaponry. And so it's like that tension of seeing, and that's where I thought, I saw some folks online being like, is this like, this doesn't feel like Riker, blah, blah, blah. I think Riker in this scene is thinking about if his son was on the ship right now and what he would be trying to do is get this entire ship to safety. And that's Mm -hmm. like, that is Riker's perspective and POV on how he is fathering this ship. And so when they're having this, tete-a-tete on the bridge where I think Riker thought, oh, finally Picard is going to let me use my instincts to captain this ship. He said, I can be your number one and instead is demanding that I do things the Picard way and I'm going to give in because it's just the easiest way. That's how they've always worked, right? It's like you give in. Picard is always right. You're going to do what Picard says. And I could see that freaking thing from a mile away. I was like, y'all don't know she's going to use that thing to then just shoot the thing right back at you. I'm sorry. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is where your age is showing. No one else right. on this bridge is going to speak up. Where are some people here? <laughs> like, um, right. Right. But yeah, right. but at the end of it, by the time, and, and by the, I watched the episode twice today. And by the end of it, both times, I was like, I think Beverly was right in a way that I, I don't know if Picard if given and it's all hypotheticals right if he had been told he has a child if he would have fully changed his ways or if he would have just kept going when the galaxy called see i I, I think good paul uh, so uh, i would say this like you know uh there are there there are two real questions here like what is you know what is right in, in, in right being like what's fair to Picard right and, and what, what's owed to Picard that's what, mm-hmm. versus what is the better outcome Beverly picked what she thought would create the better outcome even yeah. though that was in conflict of what would be right for Picard and right. and she, she betrays her relationship with him because she's picking the better outcome for her son I think that's what a parent does. <laughs> and I think that's what she was trying to say. And, and, was and, and, like, and I'm trying to protect my child. And I think also Picard should know that. I think he would know that. I I, I, I think like if he sat down and he goes like, yeah, this is probably the best. I think, I think it takes a lot. And I think part of this is there's this idea that when you become a parent, you've got these parental instincts and these genes that just kick in. And that's not it. Right. Like, Here's all Picard knows. Picard knows that he doesn't have a child. And all of a sudden he's been told you have a son. Right? I, I'm sorry, but yes, that's going to touch you at a certain place where you're like, oh, this is my legacy. But as a parent, there's something from being there when your children are born and going through that miracle of of life which is actually it's a miracle that both people are still alive right going through that the the participating in the child rearing these are all things that by its very nature create this bond between the individuals picard doesn't have that and so this idea that he has this idea and that he would suddenly do something i, I just i wonder if it was different if he was a part of jack growing up it's interesting i'm a big f1 fan 
Mariah loves it when I make a sports reference on a I I like F1, show. so we're good. <laughs> okay. So I'm a I'm a big F1 fan and I've been watching the season the F1 season starts this 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 weekend mm-hmm. and I've been going back and trying to get through Netflix's Drive to Survive before it starts. And it's interesting because what this is is a behind scenes show so you get to see all the stuff that you didn't really see during the race. And what I was struck with was there's a four-time world champion in Sebastian Vettel. And in the middle of last season, he announced his retirement. And in this retirement video, he did this, he just out of the blue did a, he was on uh, Instagram. He did an IG live and announced his retirement. Shocked everybody. But what's interesting is what he said was he said, I love the sport. I love everything the sport has given me. But at this time, I'm retiring because more than being a race car driver, I want to raise my kids. And what I was left with is even those like Picard, who might constantly put their lives on the line and do something very dangerous, the act of being a parent and in that process sometimes changes you where you go, this thing that I've been doing, I can't do anymore. So I wonder if if he had become a parent and been a part of Jack's life, would we have seen Picard say, you know what? I can't rush in the danger. Hey, Soji, you're on your own. Like I can't do all these things because of this other thing that means so much to me, but we'll never know. Cause he never got that chance to experience that and grow in that manner. Okay. So as it, so that aside, if we're looking at Picard today and judging him on how he is today, never having gotten that chance to mature, then yeah, his life is a bit of a train wreck. And every time he turns around, somebody's trying to kill him or somebody who knows him. That's where I'm a little bit like, I don't know. Are you really saying an 80 year old man is not mature? In this case, absolutely. Have you listened? Yeah. Listen, I love my dad, but if you knew my dad asking me, I was like, it's like you hit an age and then you start going backwards. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that was seven for me. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love my dad. Mature is not a word I would use to describe it. <laughs> um, like, like to your point, and, and we and we can let this go because I don't think there is a right answer aside no. from my my answer. But <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the second thing. Okay, let's say like here is Jean Luc Picard, uh, savior of the galaxy many many times. Right, right, Clyde. Yes. Are you many are you many go- times? Are you going to deprive the galaxy that if you're Beverly? That's that's a that's an interesting point. So you're saying that Beverly hid her son from Picard because she didn't want Picard to have to choose between being a father and being the hero of the universe. I I think that Beverly has two two very valid things that she has to consider. One is like the safety of her son. I'm 100% agree. And and that. basically the safety of the galaxy. You want someone on that wall. Who do you want on that wall? I'm just saying like you know like like you, I I can't argue with you. I'm not I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I can't, you're, you're making, these are two very really good, good points. It's a good point. And the other thing is we fully, you know, they haven't really fully revealed. Did, was there any outreach on any person's part? Right. Yeah, Cause sure. it's like Beverly disappeared, but did Picard really try to reach out? Not to say that he 
I mean, yeah. I mean, and and Beverly says like at eighteen, I told him like, here's your dad, <laughs> you know, go see him, <laughs> you know. So like, she wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't that bad. Like, I, 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 I do understand Picard's hurt, especially mm-hmm. after, oh, after, yeah. after second season when like he 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 comes to this revelation about his own, you know, childhood and like mm-hmm. all that trauma. He goes like, oh, I could have been the person that I would have liked to be, you know, like, I, I get that. But like, you know, from Beverly's perspective, like, if I were Beverly, that's what I would do. You know, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, I go like, oh, here's, you know, here's this kid. I have to protect this kid. I have to protect the universe. I want the universe to survive as well. Here, here is this thing. You know, it, it's just, it's just, it just seems like logical to me. Yeah, I mean, listen. Chupi makes a really good point here. She says she, I don't feel like it hit her how many enemies he had until she was trying to tell him, and thing after thing kept happening. That like I, I completely agree. And when as she was saying it, I was like, the your son being a target because of who John Luke is is it, that's well, real. Like that think- is real. The other thing is to think of is Beverly has lost so much, as she said, right? Like she lost her first husband. She lost Wesley. She's lost Picard numerous times to the galaxy in some way, shape or form. And so I think as like a bit of a response is she's like, I now have someone that I can love for me. And like selfishly, I'm going to keep it in my little bubble as close no. as I can, right? Yeah, no, she lost that space ghost too. We don't talk about space ghost, Paul. Uh, or, or Ash, or, or 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 Crystal Skull. We don't oh, talk dude. about a lot of things <laughs> on this pod. We should rename this this pod the things we don't talk about pod. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get us not to talk about peanut hamper, but it seems like I'm. Oh, no, that's never gonna that. happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be something we continue to revisit the entirety of the season. Cause obviously to me, this is the most interesting point of conflict sure. we've had so far. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it, it is interesting. Um, and, and to your point, Mariah, I don't think we've been revealed all the elements of it. Yeah. I still think they're threads to pull. Like we still, it's interesting. We still don't know why back, this? why they want Jack. <laughs> yeah. Or, or what this motive is and like the changelings are involved that mm-hmm. that's significant that's not a just a grudge right like that this typically when the changelings are involved you're talking about a much deeper master plot involved and so it's just this is just not a yeah. a, a, I, a grab yeah so to, to kind of move from that conversation to the other like kind of bigger one for tonight was our big reveal that the changelings are sort of at the core of our big bad of the season, um, uh, which I'm excited. We finally got them identified at this point. Um, and I was, I was going through stuff and maybe y'all can remember. I mean, I remember the changelings from deep space nine and I I can't remember anything specifically linking Picard to changelings. Is there anything that y'all can remember linking those two plot wise? No, there's nothing aside from like in star Trek, in Star Trek, like nine, nope. Like basically, like there's the Dominion War, right? And, right. And and basically, in the some of the last Star Trek movies, like mm-hmm. a nine 
9 and 10, like, you know, have reference to the Dominion War. Right. Which, but, but no, like, changeling Picard interactions. No. Right. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I, I mean, wanted... maybe, maybe this is all about Worf. Maybe they don't like his relationship with Odo. And really, this is a let's get to Jack because Picard will show up and eventually Picard will reach out to Worf and we can get Worf. I mean, I'm just. It seems like a long chain to get there. <laughs> Seems like yeah, yeah. Um, it, it started to fall apart as I was saying it. Yep. Yeah, but I I loved Worf in this episode so much. And well, Worf is great. Like like I, I Worf has been he's never been like the top tier Star Trek character for me. Even though I liked him more in Deep Space Nine. Just hang on, Clyde. I'm just saying, don't, like, don't like, make me find my Worf action figure around. Here. <laughs> like, I got one because because Worf always like you know because he was always of the mindset of like. I have to kill someone, honor, honor. And like in this episode, he goes like, as of late, I've, I've, I've realized that Working you have on to, myself. I have to a- access calm as well as fire. I am as the humans say, working on myself. I go like, that's cool. <laughs> Very late than never. <laughs> but like, like, but he, you know, I, I think, I think he's, I like this evolution of him. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, big war fan but michael dorn mm-hmm. is just like his portrayal you know it's it's interesting because we have a lot of actors who are going back and portraying characters that they pl- they portrayed you know 30 or in some cases more like 20 years mm-hmm. ago um michael dorn slipping back into the wharf character feels seamless to me and just at, like look in the in the black community to see and there's a certain amount of wisdom and honor and admiration that comes from looking at an elder statesman. And so when I see Michael Dorn on, on the screen, there's a certain amount of respect. And I'm like, Michael Dorn, if you're listening to this podcast, let me know. I would love to buy you a drink someday. Like it's just, it was chamomile tea. No, like it it just was a, (laughs) whatever it is, drinks on me because it just, it, there was something special about seeing that character again. Right. I imagine I will have a very similar reaction when I see my favorite character of all time, Jordy LaForge. I mean, mean, (laughs) right. Jordy LaForge, like, I mean, my my LeVar Burton fandom mm-hmm. goes back to forever. So I'm excited about all of this. Was he that guy in like the episode of Community? <laughs> Just kidding, Clyde. Of course I know. Um, I was going to say it was uh, in this week's uh, Ready Room. There was some fun kind of behind the scenes stuff about like choreographing fight scenes and like Michelle Hurd, you know, kind of similar emotion wise to you Clyde about like the importance of like seeing Michael Dorn on her screen as she was growing up and now getting to work with him and have this like on screen both partnership but then like a friendship with him and all of their behind the scenes footage just looked like the most fun people were having on set because it's just like cool fight choreography and like the seedy underbelly town and then like them on the La Serena together um And he, Michael Dorn talked a lot about how when the writers approached him, you know, they were like, well, where do you think Worf is now? Um, Oh, wow. That's great. And, uh, and he's like, I think of him as more of like a samurai type, you know, he's like kind of found this like 
two-sidedness to himself. And I was like, oh, this is going to be such a good season. (laughs) I'm also a big fan of samurai culture. So that, that clicks for me. Um, but I wonder, see, I, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking like, okay, how, why am I feeling this way? Because not for nothing, I felt a certain similar way when Gates McFadden was mm-hmm. on screen. And I think it's because we've seen Picard pop up throughout, mm-hmm. like, and not just in this and other shows. I don't feel like I have missed Patrick Stewart at all because he's never really left. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he was Professor X. Jonathan Frakes has also felt like he he's been around Mm -hmm. right even if it hasn't always been on screen he has been behind the screen and then done interviews about his participation behind the screen like like but and even lavar burton is still out and about and has a presence in in advocacy there's a lot here but michael dorn dorn feels like i have not seen him for a very long time and and it it felt significant seeing him on screen. It really did. Yeah. And someone um, broke down. So I love that we get the whole reintroduction with son of Moog, house of Martok, um, son of Paul, that that was the intro I was trying to give you. I was like, you could do the whole thing. I was, I literally wrote it down and had this like, love it. Love it. I was like, I am my name. Like when you said, I am Mariah with me. I was going to go, and I am Clyde, son of Clyde, house of <laughs> that whole thing that oh, I was going to do. Love it. Uh, so, I, like, I almost did that one. I was going to be like, I am Mariah, daughter of Walter, <laughs> house of Nolan. Like, yes. Um, so, I was gonna, and I was going to say, bane of Mariah's existence. Like, I had the whole thing <laughs> yeah. down. Like, um, but a big thing a lot of folks noted was that um, he said house of uh, Rose, Rose Henko, which Rochenko, is Rochenko. Yes. Rochenko. Sorry, I'm like reading it off the page. Rook. Rochenko, uh, which is his adoptive human father, which a lot of people really liked. Uh, yeah, I nerded out in that whole. I, I'll be honest. I'm. I'll, I'll confess. Oh, uh, I rewound. I rewound it three times. Like, I listened to it three times. I, was... I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, not to be like superficial. But Worf just looks cool in you know with his white hair. Mm-hmm. And he's rocking it. That long pony. Yeah, I, I, long he's like, pony. He's like, he, uh, it's casual, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be him when I grow up for real. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and the makeup I thought looked great. They talked a lot in the ready room too about how like you know, we've seen many versions of Klingons throughout Star Trek. There's a lot of different kinds of Klingons and they're like, but we cannot change Worf, but they're like, luckily we can and have better makeup technology. So it makes his life a lot easier to be able to fully express in the makeup. Um, and I thought that was really cool. The other thing, this week's Ready Room is full of lots of production stuff. So if you all want to check it out, I thought it was great. They rehired the original graphic designer from TNG to come on and work on all of the screens for the Titan. And I was like, they look incredible. And they interviewed him and he was just like, it was so fun getting to work with the technology we have today so that they're like fully interactive screens. Um, But I was like, that's anyway, it was a, it was a production fun times. It's funny you you mentioned that because like uh, this episode, I watched all the end end trailers, you know, because it's all graphics, right? Like uh, of the Titans, you know, like view monitors. And it shows a bunch of stuff. And I wonder if they're teasers. Like, you know, they show the the museum, like, you know, that Jody works on that he sent the, the uh, what you call it? 
the painting of the Enterprise too. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to go to the museum. You know, like it it has all this stuff at the at the end of the at the you know at the end mm-hmm. credits. Like like oh, and it's so it's, it's all very interesting. I, I I'm just curious like how many spoilers they kind of hid in there. Yeah, I I have heard that if you go through all of them, you can find quite a few. But I I like haven't been wanting to look too. Oh, close I see. I, see. I don't want to get spoiled. <laughs> Um, but I'm sure there's some fun stuff in there. Oh, another fun fact is um, the actor who plays the changeling who's getting questioned by Rafi and Worf is the same actor. Uh, it's Thomas Decker who played Jean-Luc Picard's imaginary son, Thomas Picard. In Generations? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's apparently the, and then he also in Voyager, while still a child, he played a hologram named Henry Berlai who existed in Janeway's hollow novel. Um, and so he has now appeared as a human, but not a human three times in Trek. <laughs> well, there you go. Look yeah. at that. Just, just, just keeping it in the family. Yes. Um, so Odo is definitely Worf's source, right? His trusted source. Trusted uh, I assume friend. so. Like that's the only changeling we have by name and the only changeling that Odo knows. But I think what's interesting is, if memory serves, when Worf first showed up on DS9, Odo wasn't a fan. Mm-hmm. Not, the, the, yeah, like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, because, like, uh, Worf was trying to do his job. And so I thought, it, I thought it was interesting that, you know, now we're looking in that, that relationship that started so rocky. He speaks to him with, with such reverence, reverence and, and honor. And also for, for those of us, um, you know, the actor whose name I'm messing up, Renee Ogerberg or Odo. Yes. Um, who passed away. It, it was a, it was a really a great touchstone um, and call out to to him. Uh, So I like that. I I really did like that. I wanted to, another thing that I, I found interesting um, in this episode uh, and it didn't really hit me until the second watch was when Jack is kind of like half passed out on mm-hmm. the ground. Once they find out there is a changeling on board the Titan mm-hmm. as well, who's been sabotaging things. Um, he has this interesting like vision of sure. seven with like a red tree growing behind mm-hmm. her and like follow the roots. And then there's what, a door. It, 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 is that what you said? Follow the roots. Follow the branches. Follow the, uh, it's like I, I, something I, I, like that. Follow I, I, the branches. I, I, I follow the roots. like connect the branches. That's what. That's connect what I the thought. branches. Oh, that's that might be it. Um, connect the branches, and then there's team a door. Up. So the the whole team has to get back together to save the galaxy. Is that the, the oh, so point of I, that vision? Like I, you know, like for me, like I I, I saw that. Sign me up. <laughs> like like I, I saw that, and I I go oh, you know. Because we did all this changing stuff, I go like, "Is and this is this is this is wild conspiracy theory." Okay, I'm ready. Like, Paul theory, get ready, y'all. Is Jack Crusher a changeling? How? I don't know, Clyde. He's <laughs> but, not. Have we seen? Doesn't he have to become liquid form, or is he maybe the first changeling that never has to become liquid form? The, the oh, he's a daywalker. Because, like, I'm thinking, like, why do they need, you know, why do they need uh, Jack? Why would they mm-hmm. want Jack? And so, like, you know, the only thing I could think of is there's something special about him 
This feels a, very uh, The Last of Us Mandalorian. We don't have a Pedro Pascal in this show, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that, that's my hot. And then, then you see, like, you know, like when you see the, the vines or the, the red behind, I, I think of the Great Link. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, uh, you know, for the, for the changelings. So, like, and, like, you know, the, the changelings have this kind of, like, there was an episode in Deep Space Nine where they have, like, this connective thing where, like, Anyway, like their life like, pool or whatever it is, yeah. They, they, they connect with each other. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, you know, that's my hot, super hot take. All right. Okay. So, James says not a changeling wouldn't have been affected by the gas, mm. and Marge says, "Pod, something Riker is a changeling." Ooh, that would be crazy. Uh, that would be, that would be nuts. I don't think I feel like they have been together for too many hours for him to be a changeling. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah. Would be my guess. Oh, also, I think it's like a lot of people didn't like like Daddy and Daddy arguing on the bridge. So I saw some <laughs> ch- chatter about that on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, like a shout out to uh, my new hero Shaw, who like got you know and said, "Hey." They're, How they're are tracking. they finding us? Exactly. Yes. You know what he's doing? He's doing his job. Doing so, his job. Even while internally bleeding. <laughs> so right. I, I will admit, I will admit, like I took a very critical look at this during this episode to, to say, I'm going to evaluate Shaw's movement. And, and based on this episode, do I think he's a clown? And I will admit he didn't do anything that jumped out at me that would make me not like him based on this episode with the exception of the you did this you you was a little unnecessary um but i think when you're like i think i've just killed an entire crew that's not mine like <laughs> to yeah. save your kid you know like yeah. and now we're all done <laughs> no i mean but but by and large i don't have i didn't find any real fault with Shaw this episode. I can admit that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the other thing is like, we know they're not going to fall into the gravitational well, or if they do, they're going to pop out the other side somewhere interesting. You know what I mean? Um, I think, I, I, I think the um, Vedic wants them alive. And so I think she's just going to use her fancy portal to bring them back out and start all oh, over again. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's a line of sight thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Potentially. Um, So the other thing was they keep alluding to something else besides this portal technology has been stolen from Daystrom. And it's uh, Peanut Hamper, right? Uh, Obviously, it's Peanut Hamper. (laughs) I will say, so the timeline of things that that drink with Picard, the de-aging drink, happens two years after Riker saved the Cerritos. And so I was like, either this portal's going to open up at the gravitational well, or I would love if the, if the Cerritos with Captain Mariner comes swooping in for the save. That would be that'd be great. That'd be great. Or uh-huh. it's probably going to be the portal. Um, it's, not, it's not Nebula. And uh, all all jokes aside, uh, it's it's not Peanut Hamper, but they've stolen lore, right? Like they stole lore from the Daystrom Institute. That's what it is. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because like, that does you know, make like, sense. Because they, you know, like lore is coming, and I, and I feel that. 
Like this that's is when my, it was, this is the best from Ilana. Peanut hamper is made spot. Ilana, you win <laughs> tonight's podcast. Congratulations. Yes. Best Ilana wins the internet. Um uh, but uh but like it would like that's where they would store lore, right? Like lore was dismantled and put, you know, into storage. They would store them at Daystrom. Uh so I, I mm-hmm. that makes absolute sense. For for our listeners. Uh, Alana said that Peanut Hamper is Vodic's boss. Mm-hmm. So, with that, Alana wins the internet for the night. Um, listen, I, I will tell you this: as much as I'm not a Peanut Hamper fan, and I, I want to say that that's not <laughs> James. James says Peanut Hamper is Vedic ship. <laughs> oh, that's right. That is that. That's oh. funny. Um, listen, and this is this is. I'm not trying to throw shade. It, Kether, uh, Kether Donahue or anything, but if they did weave Peanut Hamper into the final season of Picard, I I would probably have a new respect for Peanut Hamper, and maybe I would relent a little bit. But <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, like uh, one thing that I just remembered. Uh, do you think when you know uh, when we, we see the changeling, the wharf changeling turn, you know, it looks really like a lot different than it did in Deep Space Nine. I Do you think that means yes. anything? Because, because <laughs> yeah, like, it means VFX technology's gotten better. <laughs> but, 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 like, but, but, like, it doesn't look like Animorphs anymore. <laughs> well, no, but like, I mean, like, it looks like it goes from like, here's a human to pus as opposed to a human uh, to like this, like, liquid energy thing that can become like like a knife or a table like you know it, it looks it looks really organic in a way that i go like that's not a really that i hope that's a choice that maybe because they're they're ev- evil eviler changelings maybe maybe like you know it, it, it's just one of those things where it just looked really it was striking to me where i go like mm-hmm. oh this is kind of gross <laughs> yeah i mean, I, I wonder I, if they oh go ahead fine i was just thinking to me what i took away because i noticed that too paul i was thinking this is a different changeling than than we are used to and maybe there's been an evolution i mean it's been a while maybe there's been an evolution maybe their their capabilities are different i mean they are very far away from the great link Hmm. right like they're they're very very far away and so maybe this is something maybe this is their they're scouts, they're spies, and so they're, you know, mm-hmm, they sure. look different. Did the one on the ship also have a weird voice change or just the face thing happening? It's like, I think when uh, Jack punched him, like, you know, uh, uh, it, it, his face just phased. Like, okay. we, like I, I look back now and like that that specific uh, ensign or whatever he was mm-hmm. has been like, yeah, evil, the evil glaring you know yeah, like, like it was in episode one he was uh, and like at the end at like i think last episode like he was like looking out the back of the ship and like mm-hmm. then he just like interrupted the, the the woman talking as jc says ensign sus oh i like that ensign sus so so yeah yeah I um he's um my spouse pointed out that he apparently was a, a character in the fast and the furious franchise Oh, that actor. So, so I was like, Ensign Family. Ensign Family, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ensign Furious uh, hanging out. Um, 
I'm trying to think. There was so much this episode. Um, what did you think of our big chase scene with Rafaela and Worf? Um, I loved beheadings are on Wednesdays. It felt like his Mean Girls line, you know, like on Wednesdays we were at Pink. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's he's loosened up in his old age. Loosened up. He, he's definitely funnier. Yeah, I'm enjoying like I have jokes, Worf. Yeah, like, he's like dad jokes, Worf. Yeah, but I'm into it. Yeah. It feels correct for that yeah, character exactly, to be exactly. dad jokes. Like <laughs> because because here's the thing, like you know, like about 20 plus years have passed, whatever since you know, and he feels like an evolution, like you know, like as opposed to like you kind of feel bad if he just stayed the same wharf. Mm -hmm. Like like 20 years has gone by and, you, and you're still the same guy, dude. You suck. But I think that's the interesting part is because. I think if we look at someone like Picard, do you feel like he has evolved? Do you do you feel like we're looking at an evolution of Picard? I that's feel like I was, he's de I feel like he's devolved. I'm that's just what saying. I was just gonna ask. I was like, it feels like everyone else has grown up, and Picard is still on the Enterprise. Well, see, I would mm -hmm. say Picard has, has gone worse and just gone to like old man, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and and he's not nearly like because he, he was Picard was older, right? He he was at his prime mm -hmm. he was the captain so he's he's leading everyone as yeah. far as their their thing so everyone else is still like viable he's he's positronically decrepit get it so positronically positively I, yes yeah. nice yeah. nice I, I got a question for you guys okay so there's some characters that we are expecting to see because they mm -hmm. they told us right so we're expecting to see jordy we're expecting to see lore we're expecting to see moriarty um, there's been some questions. We've kind of sort of seen Deanna. Who knows if we'll, we'll get, get more of her. I think we will. We've seen some screenshots in the trailer. So yeah. Who who else are you hoping to see? Right? Like anyone from you know the franchise. Are there people that you're hoping that we're that are gonna show up? Hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh um, I mean, I would love any tie-ins with our other shows. I think that would be a really firm way to finally and firmly pass the baton, if that makes any sense. I don't know how they do it. Book comes in, saves the day. Who knows? Um, you, you know who I would like to see? I, I, I got one. Mariner. Mar Mariner, all is great. I'd like to see Spock. We do have a lot of time traveling Spock happening. No, 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 it doesn't need to be time traveling Spock. Spock's still alive. That's true. He was on Romulus, and plus twenty years, he's still, you know, he's still viable. So you get the who's playing Spock now? Ethan on, Peck. Ethan Peck. Yeah, aged up as Spock. That that's would be a, that'd be cool. An interesting, an interesting idea. Um, that would be interesting. Have, I mean, Janeway for sure would be yes. Great. Yeah, of course. Is, yeah, yeah. Is, is hanging out. We've got, you know? in the chat. We've got a couple people saying Kira. Kira. Bashir. Bashir, I I see a Harry Kim Cisco and um Ash, thank dead you. To me, Jay. <laughs> dead to me, Jay. Um, no, I I there's a bunch. I I kind of want to see Miles O'Brien. Mm, Miles O'Brien. Mm. Um, you know, um, Robert Picardo's always down for a cameo. So yeah. I think it'd be interesting. I mean, especially because I feel like we're getting a lot of TNG, mm -hmm. but Seven is here. And so sure. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing some 
Yeah, I think, some, I think, vo- some Voyager crew. Some Tom Paris. No. What? It, why does everybody hate on Tom Paris? I, I don't know. I mean, he was, you know, he was what he was. I, I, I'll say it because, like, he's so basic. <laughs> he's so basic. Like, like, like. T- 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 tell me, tell me something about Tom Paris that you go like, oh, Torres would be great. Torres would be great. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like, what do you know about Tom Paris that makes him like interesting? Give me a character trait. I mean, he's he got gray a, hair. He's a reformed, yes, they're, 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 a reformed my, prisoner. My, my my point exactly. Like you know, gray hair, reformed prisoner. Really, hell of a pilot. Hell wow, of a pilot. you're describing his skills and his hair as opposed to his personality. He loved Balana. He did. He, he loved and a Bilana. lot of other people. <laughs> Wait, like, like, wait, 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 wait. Describe Janeway. Like, what would Janeway be? Describe, give adjectives of Janeway. Her false. hair. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. It's a false dichotomy, Paul. You it's can't not, compare this to characters. Not dichotomies. I'm just saying, like, you know, like with Janeway, she's like, she's strong. She's decisive. You know, like she's a, she's a gambler. She's a risk taker. Paris is just like, is milk toast. He, okay, so there are a couple other things. So Chupi says. I see. Where where was it? Uh, oh, and a, at least a mention to Alexander. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah, see yeah. some names in here I haven't seen before: Rolaren and Shelby. I don't remember who Shelby is at the moment, but Row. Oh, it, it, Shelby is the uh, the person who tried to get Riker's job when. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. Now you can keep Shelby. Row, I'm up for. <laughs> Uh, Marge, I thought we were friends, and then you bring in Porthos. Like, what's up, Marge? Well, she has faith that the dog's still alive. Oh, it's in her heart. She has faith of the heart. Faith of the heart. Anything else y'all want to talk about in this episode? No, like, you know, like, it, this is my buffet episode, so, like, you know, it, it's, it's not... I, I I feel like I wanted all these things. It just didn't come together for me, so mm-hmm. I, 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 I will... I, I got one more for you. How did what did you think of um what did you think of uh Vodic in this episode? Like great. we were really excited about Vodic in the last episode. Continuation, I mean, like what I feel like it, we didn't get a lot, we just got a few flashes to the interior of the ship mm-hmm. this episode. So it was really just like the continuation of the chase. I think Amanda Plummer is an incredible, incredible addition to the Star Trek franchise. And and I hope we get I hope we get some scenes with her and any of our core crew together in a room and not yeah, just few, through sure. a few screens. Like imagine Picard, Vodic, and like you know Seven. Jack Crusher. Jack Crusher just smoking it up together. <laughs> also, wouldn't be mad at that. But I, I'm ready for like some hand to hand combat with some like Seven and Vodic's like little minions. You know, I'm here yeah, for it. I, I'd agree with with your point earlier, Mariah. The another nit to pick for this is it did feel like episode of Star Trek 24 where it was like in real time. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm ready for a little little like let's let's get at least to like the next day, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They're, be, they're falling into the gravity well. I think you're gonna be stuck with another 24 episode. I, I gotta admit that we don't have a whole lot of episodes and I'm kinda over this nebula. <laughs> like can can we be away from the nebula and do some or whatever <laughs> it is. Or whatever it is. 
I know. And mycelial network nebula. And that's discovery comes swooping in and saves the day. Uh, that's it. I If they came out with the mycelial network tie-in, I would go nuts. I'd probably lose it. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh. Um, well, I think that's it for this week. Anything else? All, no, all grievances but, have been aired. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just a big fan of like, uh, of Shaw and Ensign Sus. Ensign Sus and Shaw ready for duty. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Uh, we will be back next week to talk more about Picard with another live streaming episode. Um, you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, and you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit StarTrekPod.co uh, to find links to all of those places and our Patreon. Uh, Clyde, how can people find us on Twitters? Just check us out at Star Trek Pod, where you can follow us at on Twitter. Shout out to Karen, who runs our Twitter. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate it. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.